0: I stop having to pay to live.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was so scary.
0: I didn't want to like blow out the mic and actually yell. Please,
1: please. (laughs) (laughs) Hello everyone and welcome back to our third episode of From the Hill, a 13-episode podcast following the Utah legislative session over the next six weeks. We're your hosts. I'm Marina McTee, the managing editor of the forum.
2: And I'm Cammy Mondo, editor-in-chief. A lot of excitements buzzing around Capitol Hill as we close out our second week of the 45-day session. Uh, there have been 30 bills that have passed so far and on their way to the governor's desk to be signed. But as we mentioned in the last episode, the tax reform bill is the only legislation that's been signed by Governor Herbert so
1: far. In this episode, we're going to be focusing on some health issues, particularly for type 1 diabetes. There is a bill that is proposing a $30 copay cap that would significantly decrease how much they have to pay for their life-saving medicine. But first, let's take a look at some of the highlights from this week so far. And, of course, the honorable mentions. So,
2: one of the biggest national stories from this week was the wrap-up of the impeachment trial. So, the Senate finished up their hearings and they called for a final vote on whether to remove President Donald Trump from office on Wednesday.
1: As most of you may know, Trump was charged with two articles of impeachment, obstruction of Congress and abuse of power. Senators voted almost completely within party lines, so Trump was acquitted from both articles, meaning he is still in office and he won't be legally punished for it.
2: Yes, and the key word here is that senators mostly voted along party lines. However, there was an outlier, a Senate Republican who was the only one to vote against his party and voted guilty for one of the articles of impeachment. And he's from our home
1: state, Senator Mitt Romney of Utah. Yeah, honestly, Mitt Romney has turned heads quite a bit during Trump's presidency as he is one of the only Republicans who constantly criticizes President Trump when he disagrees with something he does. Romney was one of two Republicans to vote for John Bolton to testify in the impeachment trial, which didn't end up passing.
2: Yeah, Romney's been a black sheep in the herd of Republicans Uh, While he explained the reasoning behind his vote, he mentioned that his religion was a big part of why he chose to vote the way he did. He said he took an oath before God, and that although this was one of the hardest decisions he would have to make as a senator, he knew it was something he had to do if he wanted to remain
1: unbiased. It was a bit of an emotional hearing for him. He began to tear up a bit at mentioning his religious reasoning, but he did end up voting guilty only on only one of the articles of impeachment. He voted guilty on the abuse of power and not guilty on obstruction of Congress. And he mentioned that he may see some retaliation or punishment for this, his decision.
2: Which he was right, because this week, the day after the impeachment vote, Representative Phil Lyman of Utah proposed a bill in the legislative session to censor Mitt Romney censoring means to publicly express disapproval or that someone went against what the party expected or what they wanted him to do. So it won't remove Romney from office or anything like that, but there are quite a few people on social media tweeting hashtag recall Romney, which causes me to assume that either they think he can be removed or voters just really want him out.
1: Okay, yeah, so I think I love Romney for what he did, uh, that he's actually standing up to what the parties are doing mm-hmm. um and i think that it's actually quite sad that now that there are these repercussions happening because of it
2: and i feel like he's the only senator out of all of them both sides of the aisle that i like respect in this decision if that makes sense because mm-hmm. i mean despite what i wanted the vote to be he's the only one who didn't vote along party lines he actually just voted on what he thought should happen
1: so. yeah Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on from impeachment, there is another bill that has caught our attention this week. Senator Henderson is proposing a bill that says the current Utah law should change to better protect victims in polygamous communities to combat a culture of fear and abuse. The bill essentially would make bigamy an infraction of the law. It would become a second-degree felony.
2: While this sounds kind of bad, it actually reduces the punishment from what it is now. It basically is putting felony down on the level of a traffic ticket or a violation, Um, but if the bigamy was found to be in addition to other offenses like domestic violence or child bride marriages, then
1: it would become a second-degree felony. The intention behind the bill is to lower the barriers that stand in the way of supporting polygamous families, but some groups feel like this only increases the barriers against them. Anti-polygamy groups have vowed to fight this bill when it's presented on Capitol Hill
2: gonna be really honest and I don't think I know enough to have like a solid opinion (laughs) on this so Mm -hmm. it's like I don't know could be good could be bad I don't
1: know (laughs) yeah it seems kind of like a vague bill so it's essentially just moving it down to a second
2: yeah basically because right now it's a higher punishment and they're like Henderson's moving it down to be like Mm -hmm. less of a punishment I don't know how prominent this crime, if you want to call it a crime, is. Yeah. So I don't really have a huge opinion on it.
1: Yeah. Well, and, like, I would like to clarify real quick that, like, polyamory and polygamy are two very different things. Yeah. Like, I personally don't support polygamy because of the, like, culture of abuse that... Sort of is very prevalent within those communities that just sort of happens. Like, you know, it's not necessarily like because of polygamy that that abuse happens, but it is incredibly prevalent in those communities. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> <But> yeah. Nice.
2: <laughs> uh, next, a little shout out to our fellow hikers and nature lovers there's a bill that wants to create more
1: trails. This initiative comes from Representative Mike Winder and looks to allow governments to use eminent domain to carve out trails in Utah. Basically, what this fancy term eminent domain means is that the government can use the land if they pay the owner. So if they want to carve out some trail in someone's backyard, they just have to pay them back to do so.
2: This actually used to be a thing the government could do, but it was overturned in 2008 with another bill that was passed. So the law currently says that the government can't use its eminent domain to carve out trails.
1: Winder wants to change this so the state can create what he calls a regionally significant trail system, which is a trail that goes through several different neighborhoods and cities. You
2: see these already in Utah, like the Bonneville Shoreline Trail, which actually used to go through my old backyard all the way up into one of the canyons. So they
1: are pretty large. Yeah, It calls for using eminent domain to allow for creating a trail that is at least three feet in width and could be used for walking, jogging, biking, cross-country skiing, horseback riding, or even motorized scooters.
2: I think this is, like, honestly pretty sick because I think more trails, more party. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's a stupid thing to say, but I think it's fine. I mean, the trail takes up, like, what, three feet of your entire yard? Like, that's not a huge deal. And like I said it
1: was in my backyard so yeah I think that more trails is also really good like it'll bring in more recreation it will um, and having trails tends to protect wildlife more because um, they're trying to uh, sustain the trails and like nothing else is gonna happen there Um, but also just even though, like, this is a good build, the phrase eminent domain makes me really nervous. It just, I think, is a really harsh term. No, oh, yeah, it sounds scary. Yeah.
2: Also, this might sound really counterintuitive, but I think it'd be cool if it would, like, keep people out of national parks. Because I think people are loving on them a little too much. Mm. And so our national parks are actually, like, deteriorating. So if we had trails yeah. where you could still see cool stuff, but, like, stay out of the national parks, then I think that'd be cool, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for sure. Let's move on to a few of our honorable mentions. Yes. First, we have a bill that would
2: revise requirements on towing and signs that give warnings of a car will be towed or not. The move comes from Representative Corey Malloy. It basically says that you can't tow a car from private property unless certain requirements are met. There would allow some political divisions for agencies to enforce towing regulations, and there would need to be particular signs where parking is
1: enforced by towing and more. It would also allow towing from property that doesn't have signs if there is significant notice uh, given 24 hours in advance, if there are valid claims as to why the property needs to be towed, and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and the towing agency still has to notify the police department when they tow something away, and they have to justify the reason behind why they're towing it.
1: Yeah, I think that this is, this seems like a good bill, you know, like you can't just tow anything from anywhere. Yes, Um.
2: I'm so livid. (laughs) I once got my car towed from my sister's apartment. No signs, okay? No signs in the parking lot. And it got towed away. And I was like, what on earth? I had to call the police to find out where it was. And then they charged me $300 just to get my car back.
1: That's gorgeous. So abanxious.
2: I'm a little upset.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. Thank you, Malloy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you just have some, these car bills are coming after you. I know.
2: My, my boy maloy <laughs> <laughs> never gonna say that again
1: <laughs> but yeah i'm really upset about it so
2: <laughs> yeah Ooh,
1: all right next we have a bill that would change how you can order alcohol in utah restaurants utah is notorious for its funky laws on alcohol consumption with there only being one wet college campus in the entire state right here. Yeah, that's (laughs) us. All right. um, Having a super low blood alcohol level for driving and more.
2: Yeah. So with this bill, it basically allows waiters who are at least 18 years old to actually give information on what alcoholic drinks are available. (laughs) I know, wild. And they could take the order for what they want to drink. I know, it's like groundbreaking um they still can't bring the drink to the table or handle it in any way and they can't even like take the money to purchase it but they can at least write down the alcoholic drink on a piece of paper and they can have another waiter who's 21 bring it to the table
1: it would also allow the employees who bus tables who are at least 16 years old to clean the tables and take care of alcoholic bottles if alcoholic bottles were left behind yeah you're right
2: um, I think it's about time for God, something for real. Like this. It's weird yeah. when I like try to go into a restaurant or a bar or something when I'm not 21, but I just want to eat, and mm-hmm. they're like, "No, you can't be here." And that's yeah, rude.
1: Yeah, I think it's so dumb that all of these laws are in place at all, and it's so weird. it seems like some sense. It's like is as if they insane. don't want anyone to know what alcohol is, right? Like. I remember one time I was grocery shopping with my mom and my sister, and they bought, like, Mike's Hard Lemonade or something. <laughs> and, like, the uh, cashier lady was just, like, staring me down because she was like, you know you can't touch that, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, I
1: couldn't even, like, pick it up from the cart onto the thing for her to, like, check it. It was, it's insane.
2: And i know. like, one time my sister couldn't even buy alcohol because I was with her in the store. And it's oh. like... That's cool. Mm. (laughs) Rude. (laughs) Okay, Uh, well, moving on to our top story, prescription and drug prices, specifically looking at the bill that proposes a cap on the price of insulin. So the cap for that copay would be $30. So we're joined today by Westminster student Marissa Cooper. Thanks for joining us today, Marissa. Thanks for having me on. So why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, give our listeners a bit of an idea as to why you're here before we jump into the legislation.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm Marissa Cooper, as Cammie so nicely introduced me. I'm a junior here at Westminster, and I have been type 1 diabetic for the past five years. Uh, I was diagnosed when I was 15 in high school, uh, which is kind of on the later side for a Mm -hmm. lot of type 1 diabetics, according to the doctors that so kindly informed me of that. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Made me feel real confident in it. and this bill that they're proposing that's being put through c- the Human Health and Services Committee, uh, HB 207, if anyone wants to look it up and go support it, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it's really important to a lot of people in the type 1 diabetes community, uh, whether that's parents of type 1s, type 1s themselves, uh, because for a long time, prices have just been upping and upping and upping. Because there's very few companies that can produce insulin, almost kind of like a monopoly, you might say, <laughs> and um, so they just kind of price gouge each other back and forth for this this uh, hormone that is not optional for type one diabetics. It's you either take it or you die. So, <laughs> so anyway, so I'm here because it's a very important thing. Um, I you know I insulin's real important to me. Keeps me alive. I'm here to support anything that will help other people stay alive with it. I'm also happy to educate uh, any Westminster students about type one diabetes. There's not a ton of general knowledge about it. I mean, I for sure, if I hadn't been diagnosed, I couldn't, I wouldn't have known what it was. So there's no need for anyone to feel bad about
1: not knowing what it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, all right, perfect. Thank you for that. Um, And I just wanna mention, Real quick that Marissa was a previous reporter for the forum. Yes. Um, yes, we love her work. She's love amazing. <laughs> we love her so much. Thanks, Um miss. All right, well, looking at the legislation, we have a bill coming in from Representative Norm Thurston that would place a cap on the copayment an insurance company can require for insulin. The bill would officially enact January 2021, which would kickstart a health benefit plan that provides coverage for insulin. Under this bill, the cost wouldn't exceed $30 per 30-day supply of insulin, regardless of the amount or type needed to fill the prescription.
2: So, Utahns from all over the state gathered at Capitol Hill yesterday, um, which was Thursday, to testify in front of the hearing committee to make their case as to why this should be passed. I I know I had a coworker who was there, and he testified, and he's basically mentioning that these are not unique cases. There are so many people who are paying way too much for this medication that's not optional, as you said. So, Marissa, if you don't mind me asking, um, how much do you usually have to spend to get this medication? Uh, I'm actually
0: really lucky in this sense, kind of contrary to the issue that <laughs> a lot of people are mad about lately. Um, but since my family's military, we're on the military insurance plan, TRICARE. Um, so it's not as state by state as a mm-hmm. lot of insurance companies are. So I'm actually already at just about $27, 28 a month for okay. my insulin. Um, but I do know a lot of folks who are paying way more, and it's it's
2: not good yeah and i know that like you have to pay for the insulin but there's also other medications that there's you have a to ton. pay for as well
0: yeah not necessarily medication but the equipment um right. even just the syringes to give yourself the insulin a vial of insulin is no good if you don't have a syringe to use it good point <laughs> um so even just those are extra money none of that comes with the insulin Um, And nowadays there's different kinds of equipment. Like I have an insulin pump and a continuous glucose monitor that reads my blood sugar every five minutes for me. So I don't have to prick my fingers as much. Those are the supplies that get really out of hand really quickly when it comes to financing.
1: How how much was the most that like, you know someone has paid for insulin? Oh, good question. Um, You know, it's actually kind of funny. It's a little
0: tough because, you know, we've all been raised on this, it's not polite to talk about money. Mm -hmm, Um, And especially in the diabetes world, it gets tough um, because you don't want to feel bad if someone's like, I am rationing my insulin and I have to uh, pay such and such amount, and I'm over here like, hey, I'm doing fine. you know it's Mm -hmm. that kind of guilt sometimes but um i know a gal who just over this past summer had to switch insurance companies as her husband lost his job and that counts as being uninsured to her insurance companies even though she got signed up according to their deadlines um and she was rationing insulin and didn't have the supplies to make it through the summer um I think the most for a solid number to give I knew a gal who I met this past summer who was paying I want to say 1500 a month um so she yeah I want to say 1500 a month and so she hadn't been able to she had to drop out of school because she couldn't keep doing those payments um she had to move back in with her parents because she couldn't keep doing those payments um just because that much each month was eating away at everything else.
2: Jeez, that's crazy. I know also, like, there has been, like, I don't know what you'd call it. Like, I don't know black market would be the right term, but, like, people, yeah. s- like, selling it under the table because they can't afford it. There
0: are people, um, I think they're calling it, like, the gray market online. Uh, there's a lot of different Facebook groups that are even just... You know hey i need this does anyone have any or hey i have a lot of extra this does anyone need it mm-hmm. um and it's really interesting because to not get flagged by facebook as illegally selling things you have to spell the brand names with like numbers and weird letters and everything wow. um but yeah there's a lot of that trading and a lot of the community is forced to come together and give to those who can't make them that month's payments which isn't at all how it should be like it's great that people are that good at heart but clearly the insurance companies aren't that good at heart.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just insane that it is that high and that, like, I mm-hmm. don't understand the thought process behind making it that expensive to a medication that is absolutely necessary for... Right, yeah. well, if I can... Well, it's
0: really comes back to those monopolies that I was talking about before. There are only, I want to say, three companies that manufacture it um and they're just profit, profiting like crazy mm-hmm. off of it um and i was talking about this earlier today actually with a friend um when insulin was originally invented found um i think it was 100 years ago this past yeah this past january actually um frederick banting the great scientist who figured it out sold the patent for one dollar because he wanted to make it available to everybody so that manufacturers wouldn't have to pay a ton to make it so Mm -hmm. then they could sell it for less money. Um, But, of course, just as we've seen with a lot of different kinds of monopolies, they kind of took that and ran with it. And honestly, Frederick Banting would be really mad now that there isn't a cure, let alone that this sustaining stuff is so expensive because it's not a cure so many people think that insulin is a cure and they're like oh well can't you just take insulin and you'll be done no (laughs) (laughs) i will be taking insulin for the rest of my life (laughs) yeah you know so it's it's just a bad reflection on humanity
1: eat the rich people exactly (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god!
2: I mean so like what do you personally think of this legislation do you think it's mm-hmm. like enough or do you think it's just like a good step in the right direction kind of a thing
0: uh you know I think this is a baby step mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of concerns actually about this particular bill because it doesn't cover anyone who's uninsured they are still you know for lack of better words shit out of luck um which is <laughs> just really terrible um But it is a baby step. It's a step in the right direction. Um, That $30 cap will hopefully get fewer people, more people away from having to ration their insulin, which is just so dangerous. Um, And a lot of concerns that people have been showing from what I see online, uh, that people have been voicing their concerns, that this cap will just encourage insurance companies to raise their deductibles and premiums. Um, and just feed right back into that cycle of Mm -hmm. hurting the individual. Um, But Representative Thurston hopes that this cap will encourage insurance companies to haggle with the manufacturers themselves um, because what it'll do is if the insurance company doesn't put their insulin on a preventative level or make it the lowest cost, part of the lowest cost plan, then that $30 cap becomes mandatory. If it is part of their lowest cost plan, which should be 30 or less anyway, um, then they don't have to worry about the law coming and saying, hey, you have to do this. And then that would be a big mark on their reputation. So that's kind of the idea there because really it's not the insurance companies themselves, though as much as they are greedy and profiting things. Um, it's these manufacturers that are just hoarding wealth off of this. Um, so this is definitely a baby step, and there is that big concern, and of course the concern that uninsured folks don't have access to what this bill does, um, but it's a start in the right direction. You know, the more that we can get people away from rationing insulin means fewer people have dying, fewer people going into diabetic comas, which are a thing um, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, um, and it's just... It's definitely a step in the right direction, and we've seen success in other states. I know Colorado has a cap, and I don't know which other states might, but I know Colorado has a cap that was put in this past year as well, and they've seen nothing but good results. They haven't seen any increases in deductibles and premiums. So fingers crossed that (laughs) Utah (laughs) will get those same good results. Um, But it is interesting because Utah especially, we have a higher rate of type 1 diabetics than a fair amount of other states i don't know the exact math um doctors don't know why because of course we don't know exactly what triggers the autoimmune response for type 1 diabetes um but we do have a higher rate and we have a lot of folks there are a lot there's a wide variety of socioeconomic statuses here in utah and there are a lot of folks who just can't make those payments i mean when they're fifteen hundred dollars two thousand dollars no one can that's ridiculous um so it's it's to answer your question Cammie, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a, i believe it's a step in the right direction and i believe it has enough support to go through um you know there's been a huge outcry of petitions and people showing up to give their testimonies like your coworker you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier um, and I think that emotional response is what will get it where it needs to be. And it's interesting because this bill won't only cap the copay. It will also extend prescription rates. So, for example, there have been times where even though I have great insurance, there have been times where all that red tape has created, you know, in any insurance company, there's a ton of red tape. Um has created this kind of delay in communication between my doctor setting the prescription and my insurance getting that prescription and the pharmacy getting that prescription so I there have been times where I've had to make insulin stretch a little longer without fully rationing Mm -hmm. Um, but just because I had to wait until that prescription and authorization came through so this bill will also extend that prescription date I think to 90 days oh gosh I don't know for sure um, but to 90 days, and it will let uh, patients or I guess not really patients because we're lifelong patients. <laughs> um, it'll let individuals um, work with the pharmacist to change the type if they're, the type of insulin if there was a mistake in the prescription, which unfortunately happens a lot. Um, I know several people right now who are like, I've been using Novolog for the past 20 years, and all of a sudden they want me to try Humalog. Which makes a big difference. I know that's like nonsense words to you guys. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. But um, sometimes the type, for whatever reason, you know, I'm not a biochemist. I don't know why. But for whatever reason, sometimes the type makes a huge difference um, for the individual. Because diabetes is so different for everybody, too. Um, so I think I'm pretty sure that's everything the bill covers. The big parts that I can remember. <laughs> But Um, I think there's also a lot... If anyone is, like, looking into this bill and you don't know anything about type 1 diabetes, um, you'll probably see a lot of arguments online. People saying that you can, well, just buy Walmart insulin because Walmart does sell for, like, $20 a vial. Um, And the thing about Walmart insulin is that it's a patent that's, like, 50, 60 years old. Uh. So it's... The Walmart insulin is only ever prescribed for um, like pets that have diabetes because it's not this synthetic meant for humans thing. Um, So it's an entirely different thing. So it is technically usable, but you need a lot of extra training to not die while using it. And it doesn't come with that. And Especially because typically the people that are forced to turn to the Walmart insulin are the ones who no longer have the insurance and no longer have those regular doctor appointments. Um, so that's an argument that people will see a lot online, and those who are uninformed will just upvote it or like it or whatever, and that becomes a face of like the opposition to this type of bill and this type of politics. Uh-huh. And here's me, your resident type 1 diabetic, telling you that's false. It's not true. <laughs> just like when people tell you you can just eat cinnamon and your diabetes is cured. False. <laughs> people say that? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. People try all these different kind of herbal remedies. And they're like, well, have you tried
2: just exercise and diet? I'm like, Oh, yeah, because people are great. like, cinnamon is like a cinnamon. great <laughs> substitute Cinnamon's for a big sugar one. or something um, like
0: cinnamon, that. Cinnamon, and I think it was like paprika or something. I don't know. And oh, what on earth? Yeah, people try all kinds of things like that. And I'm like, no, this is an autoimmune
2: disease. I'm not going to forego insulin to try cinnamon. (laughs) You just get an IV of cinnamon. You're like, perfect. I die in five minutes. (laughs) I'm cured.
1: (laughs) The ultimate cinnamon challenge.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of my soapbox here. But ultimately, if anyone has been moved by this... uh, Rant. <laughs> uh get online, check out HB two zero seven. That's the bill that's going through. Uh contact your representative. Let them know that it affects the community. Affects everybody.
2: I wish I had like applause. <laughs> Where's the soundboard? Let's like <laughs> ever watch iCarly with like that little remote. It's like Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah, so I hope was that all like clear enough? I didn't say anything too confusion. Le,
2: confusing. to confusion. Mm-hmm. That's me. <laughs> I am confusion. Exactly. No, that was wonderful. So thank you so much because I feel like I know a lot more now than I did 20 minutes ago.
0: Glad to help so, out. So thank you so much.
2: <laughs> um well that's it for this episode so make sure to come back for our next episode where we're going to be talking about bills surrounding lgbtq plus rights in utah some are deemed helpful and others are deemed pretty harmful and so we're going to be looking at those and then of course we'll check back in to see if the governor has officially signed any of those 30 plus bills into law.
1: We'll also be checking back in on the highlights from the rest of the week. As And as always, make sure to check out more of the forum's content on our website, wcforummedia.com, and follow our social media accounts at WC to get the latest updates on our stories. Make sure to vote, and we'll see you next time.
2: Bye. <laughs>